Just about a week ago, Anderson Cooper hosted Thomas Friedman of the New York Times, who warned that a second American civil war was coming. A shocked Anderson Cooper said, do you really believe this? And he said, yes. Anderson said, I can't believe we're having this conversation. Now, this guy's not some fringe lunatic. He's not some conspiracy theory tin hat guy. He's a writer for The New York Times who actually talks about how he himself has covered civil war. And this subject has come up time and time again. Now, a lot of people like to make jokes and make memes. They say, why does Tim Pool keep talking about civil war? To be fair, I've done about 5,800 videos in the past several years. No joke. And only a small handful of them have ever talked about civil war. But I'm not just making it up. There are several polls emerging suggesting that people are actually scared. A civil war is coming. The election is going to be disputed. I think everyone agrees at least on that. According to Thomas Friedman, he says it's not a question of if we will have a disputed election. And Donald Trump refuses to say there will be a peaceful transfer of power. But it was the Democrats that changed how we're handling the vote. It's the Democrats who advocated for mail-in ballots, which are completely broken. A new story coming out shows that in Maryland, stories are emerging of people going around illegally collecting ballots, just like we saw from Project Veritas, suggesting that something dirty, malicious, nefarious is underway. The Atlantic recently wrote a story that said civil war is here. No joke. By all means, you can get mad at me and you can call me crazy for even suggesting it. But I'm not here to tell you that civil war is guaranteed. In fact, I'm here to talk about what might actually happen, be it a civil war, social unrest, and how people are feeling about it. It's not just me. It's not just regular people. It's the New York Times. It's CNN. And even today, a best of post on Reddit suggested Trump will use the Proud Boys to engage in a night of long knives. If you're not familiar, that was when the Nazis went around killing their political rivals. Now, that to me sounds unhinged. That's not going to happen. The Proud Boys don't do that. But people believe it. And unfortunately, it's not about what's true. It's about it's, it's, it's about how people feel. And if you have two factions increasingly worried about the other side getting violent and people start stockpiling weapons and food, then eventually there could be a spark that truly does ignite some kind of hot civil war. For the longest time, people have suggested we are already in a civil war, but it's a cold civil war, a battle between two factions over over a government, and they're doing it through non-traditional means, anti-democratic means. I think it's fair. The right says Obamagate, the left says Trump is Russian, and no one's going to back down. So let's go through the story and see exactly what Thomas Friedman had to say and why Anderson Cooper and CNN was putting out a message of a second American civil war. There's a very simple reason for it. And it's, of course, to help Joe Biden. We'll get to that. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. But the best thing you can do is share this video. A lot of people like to make memes. Tim Pool talking about civil war. By all means, again, criticize me. I'm fine with it. I think the memes are actually really hilarious. But I think if CNN, The New York Times, The Atlantic and many other outlets are talking about a civil war coming, then we need to have a rational discussion. If you think I'm bringing a rational discussion to the table, then please consider sharing this video to help support the channel. Otherwise, you know, look, word of mouth is how I grow on the Internet. I'm not going to compete with the likes of CNN unless you think I should. Here's the story from Mediaite. You really believe that? Anderson Cooper stunned when Tom Friedman predicts America on the brink of potential second civil war. Cooper introduced this th- his Thursday segment with Friedman of the New York Times 
to discuss President Donald Trump's recent comments in which he would not commit to the peaceful transfer of power after the election. Friedman called Trump's comments stunning and surprising and added, you know, I began my career as a journalist covering Lebanon's second civil war in its history. And I'm terrified to find myself ending my career as a journalist covering America's potential second civil war in its history. You really believe that? Asked an astonished Cooper, quote, I think what happened in the last few days is a six alarm fire, said Friedman, adding that he thought the danger rose to a level of DEFCON 5, an apparent error. Basically, what they say is DEFCON 1 is actually like the really, really bad part. And DEFCON 5 is actually a low thing. So they think Friedman was trying to say it's DEFCON 1. It's like the worst it could be. He said, quote, the president of the United States has told us either I win the election or I delegitimize the election. Those are your choices, folks. Friedman continued, accusing Trump of trying to break people's will. He's trying to get people to say, what the heck? He wants it so bad, just give it to him. Friedman also called the situation terrifying and the most frightening moment in my life because Trump is backed by a state-owned network, an apparent reference to Fox News. And because the Republican Party has become basically a political brothel that rents itself out by the night to whoever will energize its base. The funny thing is, I could say the exact same thing about the Democratic Party, them entertaining the far left. In fact, it really does feel like everything the left does, they accuse the right of doing. I mean, take a look at the whole Proud Boys narrative. Antifa is going around smashing things up for 127 nights, riots across the country. But it's the Proud Boys. It's the right wing militias that haven't done anything for the most part. There have been incidents here or there, but it's been Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Yet they will tell you it's Trump. Quote, this is a party that went into its convention with no platform, just basically said whatever Trump wants, we want. Friedman pointed out. And if you're not frightened now, if you are not terrified for what could happen, it's not we might have a disputed election. It is we are going to have a disputed election almost certainly unless Trump wins, in which case I shudder to think what four more years of this would be like. Interesting. You may recall I covered a story about war games put on by John Podesta, Democrats and never Trumper Republicans. In it, John Podesta suggested that the Democrats would not allow Biden to concede and would encourage Western, uh, the West Coast, California, Oregon and Washington to secede from the union. It's really interesting to me that this story actually got published uh, a bit in the. Uh, so the, the actual story was the Boston Globe. The New York Times wrote about it. Yet they would suggest Donald Trump is the one who's threatening a second civil war or refusing to give up power. Hillary Clinton said Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. So here we go. It's obvious, isn't it? This guy, I don't know if he actually believes there's going to be a second civil war. You know what he's saying? If Trump wins, uh, unless unless Joe Biden, well, actually, this is really weird. He says we're going to have a disputed election unless Trump wins. Because Trump will accept victory and Joe Biden won't fight back. That's really strange then that he would suggest a civil war is possible if if in the segment, which he he says, go vote for Joe Biden, right? Okay, if that's the case, wouldn't voting for Joe Biden lead us to that civil war? Wouldn't it be better for Trump to at least have four years and then calmly walk away? Or is he suggesting that Trump will never leave, that he'll he'll amend the Constitution and he'll get another term and another term? Now, that is increasingly unhinged. He's telling us to vote for Joe Biden, but also telling us that will lead to civil war. I don't know if that's a good idea. It doesn't really make sense. Friedman continued his excoriation of the GOP, excoriation, sorry, of the GOP, 
When you have a president without shame, backed by a party without spine, amplified by a network without integrity, and by social networks that are marinated in conspiracy theories, behind whom are a lot of armed people. If you are not frightened by this, you are not paying attention. The only thing you can do, he says, is vote for Joe Biden. Sure. But let's walk through this, for instance. If you've got, what, what does he say? You have a president without shame. I mean, to be honest, I think Trump really doesn't have that, you know, doesn't have shame. I think he's just a bit too arrogant. But he says a, a, a party without a spine. What, the Democrats giving in to the far left? That sounds like spineless to me. A network without integrity. You mean like MSNBC that's propping up the Russiagate narrative for three years? That was completely fake. And social networks marinated in conspiracy theories and a lot of armed people. You've got Antifa far leftists. You've got their left wing militias. They're armed, not nearly as armed as the right for sure, but they're pushing out ridiculous conspiracy theories as well. Therein lies the main problem. It's not a left versus right. It's not like the, the left is the threat or the right is a threat. The fact is both sides view each other with distrust. Both tribes don't like each other. Of course, I know where, you know, many of the people who watch me stand, we're all very, fairly moderate. There's a, there's a mix for the most part, as much as many of the left don't want to accept it. And I know that I'm more likely to lean in a moderate uh, position towards the right simply because they've been calm and rational for the most part. I think Donald Trump's peace agreements and some of the things he's done has been fine. And I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think Trump is like the reincarnation of some, you know, dictator from days long since past. It's ridiculous. But the left does. And many on the right view that way, feel that way of the left. If there are tribes that are becoming increasingly polarized and hate each other, then maybe we are on the verge of seeing some kind of civil war. But let's go through some details. Now, the reason I started thinking about this and, and, and looking at it, I, I know I've talked about it quite a bit, is because this morning, I saw this poll on a Newsweek article. How concerned are you about the potential for a, of a civil war in America? They say very concerned, 39%. Somewhat concerned, 30%. Only a little concerned, 17%. Now, this is not a good poll. There's no option for not concerned at all. But 39% are very concerned and 30% are somewhat concerned. So, these are ones, these, these, these are definitively in, like, in, in a worldview that a civil war is potentially coming or they're worried about it. That's 69% of the vote. Only a little concerned, 17%. I, I assume those who don't think there's a problem at all probably voted in that category. But this is not a good, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, barometer for whether or not people actually care or are worried about a civil war because it's not a scientific poll. I only find this particular poll interesting is because it was on a Newsweek article and I was asked to give my thoughts on it. So I saved it. But take a look at this story from the D.C. Examiner. 61% say United States on the verge of civil war. 52% already preparing. A majority of Americans are bracing for the possibility of a politically fired civil war. And more than half are already stockpiling food and other essential items to survive and fight back, according to a new survey shared with Secrets. In the survey, 61% said, the United States is nearing a second civil war, including a shocking 41% who strongly agree with that assessment. It's worse than that. Now, they're going to say that 52% are so convinced that they're starting to prep. That's not necessarily true. We'll, we'll, we'll break this down. It's actually around maybe like 24 or 25% that are stockpiling because of social unrest due to race or due to the election. But check this out. Only, what is that? I believe it says 21%. It could be more. 23%, I'm sorry, strongly disagree with the notion that we're on the verge of a civil war. 61% believe that we are either somewhat or strongly agree we're on the, we are on the verge of a civil war. But 
16% somewhat disagree. You know what that means? You know that means somewhat disagree? It means they still think that they, they, they only somewhat disagree. Like that means they partly agree, right? Somewhat disagree would imply that they probably think there is some potential for violence. Not really a civil war though, but that's me making an assumption. What's interesting is the prepping. You know, a lot of people dragged me earlier in the year uh, because I promoted food buckets. That's right. Emergency food bins. They last uh, 30 days. They, they last 25 years, but they're good. It's, it's 30 days of food. And I think that's silly because sometimes it rains, you know, sometimes it'll rain and there will be floods. Power lines will go down and you can't get to the store to get food. So it makes sense to me to have some dry food saved along with some extra water and a first aid kit. Why wouldn't you have those things? I don't know. I think it's weird. But a lot of other people agreed. They went out and bought supplies and 52% of people said they are stockpiling. They're stockpiling anticipation for disruptions. But 58% of that group of the 52 said it was because of COVID. So to be fair, they're not all freaking out about civil war. But you have 23% and 19% who are suggesting there's going to be social unrest. And so they're trying to prepare for it. Now I bring you to the Atlantic. You see, as I mentioned, there are a lot of memes about Tim Pool and the Civil War, and I find them actually be quite funny. Uh, I actually appreciate that people think that much about me to bring it up. But I'm sorry, man, I didn't invent the idea. So you can you can call me crazy for talking about it. But if you do, then you need to talk to The Atlantic, CNN, The New York Times, and a bunch of other outlets who keep bringing this up. The Atlantic has a story. A pro-Trump militant group has recruited thousands of police, soldiers, and veterans. An Atlantic investigation reveals who they are and what they might do on election day. It must be shocking to the average person when the Atlantic publishes this. Let's not F around, he said. We've descended into civil war. Interesting. So the Atlantic is telling people that right wing groups are arming, stockpiling and preparing for a civil war. It doesn't matter what's true. It matters what people believe is true. And I hate to say it, but that's that's just the way the world works. If leftists are reading this. And they fear that right wing militia groups are stockpiling and arming up. Well, then they'll do it, too. There have been record gun sales. There have been record ammunition sales. And ammo is hard to come by right now. So, yeah, people are getting ready. And it's not just the right. Take a look at what they say. Editor's note. After this story was sent to the press for the November issue of The Atlantic, Donald Trump was asked in the debate, blah, blah, blah. You know what he was asked because we talked about it. He was asked about the Proud Boys. He was actually he was asked about white supremacy, which he said, sure, he would denounce. And then Joe Biden said, what about the Proud Boys? He said, Proud Boys. So Donald Trump said, stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. Now, what do you think these leftists and, and regular, uh, you know, I, I should just say leftists think when they hear this? They think something entirely crazy. And I will show you a best of post on Reddit. This means that people saw this comment and they upvoted it and awarded it so much they considered it to be a best of Reddit, one of the best comments ever made in which this guy says the testing of the waters was done in Germany. Every failure to che- of the checks and, and balance emboldened someone seeking power. The peak before S got bad in Germany was the night of the long knives. Are you familiar with the night of the long knives? That was when the Nazis went and executed a bunch of their political rivals to allow them to seize power in the country. This best of post on one of the most prominent social media sites in the world on a comment that reached the front page of this site that gets billions of views said, I am genuinely terrified Trump will use the Proud Boys to do this here amid the confusion of the election. After this point, there is no democracy. It's a dictatorship. 
If you are paying attention to the rest of the world, it's itching for a big war again. But there are nukes now. Vote like the world depends on it because it does. It effing does. Now that is unhinged. I think Proud Boys fighting with Antifa in the street, a civil war, a civil war does not make. Okay, so y'all need to calm down. My concern more has to do with Russiagate and Obamagate. Ah, that's right. Both conspiracy theories, but one seems to be more likely to be true, and that's Obamagate. We have evidence to suggest that people who worked for the intelligence agencies and the Obama administration were trying to sabotage Donald Trump. I'm sorry, that's just there's a ton of evidence. I'm not saying it's definitive. I'm saying evidence suggests. In fact, we recently saw a letter published that said intelligence gathering revealed the potential that Hillary Clinton was trying to frame Donald Trump as an asset of Russia to get the news cycle off her emails. This information was presented to James Comey, then director of the FBI, who apparently ignored it and carried on with this ridiculous investigation for years, which, of course, as you know, Mueller found no evidence of collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. But here we can see two powerful and prominent factions fighting for control of this government. In fact, as I mentioned, John Podesta, never Trump or Republican, suggesting the West Coast should secede before Biden ever concedes to Donald Trump. And Hillary Clinton said he shouldn't. I now bring you to CNN once again. Chris Murphy of Connecticut, who is a senator, claiming that Vladimir Putin is a surrogate of Donald Trump's campaign and that with Donald Trump out sick from COVID, Putin would step in and up his efforts to get Donald Trump the win. How do you reason with people who either think the U.S. is a slaveocracy like the 1619 Project or who think that we are being owned by the Russians? I don't know. I really don't. So maybe the reason people are stockpiling is because they want to be left alone. They're worried there's going to be a civil war or social unrest, and they want to have nothing to do with it. That's why I say when I talk about a second civil war, I'm not suggesting the states will align and National Guard will be fighting National Guard and there'll be two factions marching in the street. I'm suggesting that there could be 100 people fighting in Washington, D.C. It could be Democrat loyalists. It can be Trump loyalists. I don't know what would happen or who would win. But I can tell you right now, people are jumping for joy over Trump getting sick. How vile and evil to get joy from the suffering of others. Good morning, Britain viewers slam Dominic West for telling Kate Garraway he jumped for joy over Trump's COVID diagnosis, despite her husband, Derek, battling the disease. They're quite literally wishing for Trump's death. A lot of them are. And so I, I, I have to wonder if these people exist, what, what's the real threat level? Are these people willing to support some kind of extremist action when they cheer for this stuff? And and I'm not going to get too much into it because I'm, I, I don't want to even entertain the conversation. But there are some crazy people threatening some crazy things. I'm going to make sure I leave the president out of that conversation. But I think you understand what I'm saying when I show you this from Forbes. Some business leaders should face a firing squad. Former Twitter CEO Dick Costolo suggests an angry tweet. Dick Costolo. He was the CEO of Twitter, and he said, me first capitalists who think you can separate society from business are going to be the first people lined up against the wall and shot in the revolution. I'll happily provide video commentary. Now that is over the line. Dick Costolo, I believe, is a comedian in some capacity, like he wrote, I think, for Silicon Valley. I don't know a lot about it. I'm hoping it was meant to be a bad joke. I don't think it matters, though. Like I said, He may be making a joke, but we're at a point where people take everything very, very seriously. 
And if people are wishing death upon the president and people have broached threats of violence and celebration of death and grave dancing, I'm fearful of what it means when these people say things like this and what that would encourage people to do. But I am also worried what happens with the right. Now, listen, I can criticize the Atlantic for claiming, oh, the Oath Keepers are going to come out and do all these things and they're riling up the left. I think what we're really seeing from the New York Times, Thomas, uh, Thomas Friedman and CNN's, oh, no, civil war is coming, is that they're trying to scare you into voting for Joe Biden. If you don't vote for Joe Biden, the end is nigh, they say, oh, the right wing militias. But it's really weird because they're saying if Trump loses, the civil war happens. So are they encouraging you not to vote at all? So to avoid the conflict, I honestly have no idea. But right wing groups aren't coming out simply because the left is saying crazy things. They're coming out because the Democrats have done crazy things to our elections. And now election integrity is gone. Thomas Friedman is right. There will be a disputed election. It's not a question. Warning, as people going door to door to illegally collect voting ballots in Maryland. Now, this to me is truly what's scary. We saw it with Project Veritas in Minneapolis, collecting the ballots, saying they're blank and they're getting paid to do it. Maybe they're not blank. But maybe we are seeing illegal ballot harvesting in other states. And when you combine this with a story about, you know, Pennsylvania, where they said you can't disqualify a vote simply because a signature doesn't match, then I am very much worried. Very, very much worried. People are going to be cheating. And it doesn't matter if it's a thousand people. It doesn't matter if it's one vote or 10,000 votes. It matters that one story emerges. Impropriety. The right says we will not accept the results. The left says you're cheating. We won. No one will believe it. And then what? I don't know. It may just be all ridiculous. And that's 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 where I want to end off on. I don't know if there's going to be a second civil war. And I think it's funny. The left is like Tim Pool keeps talking about it. We'll keep talking about it because the media keeps bringing it up because I was given a poll on a Newsweek article. It's mainstream media, man. What am I supposed to say? Anderson Cooper, CNN had a guy on saying it's going to happen. I'd like to push back against that. You need to realize Donald Trump just might win. And the new republic understands this. They say the ridiculous war gaming of the 2020 election. Trump's opponents are so concerned that he might steal the election. They have forgotten to worry that he might simply win it. It may all just be screeching into the wind. At the end of the day, I think there will be a disputed election, but it might just go to the Supreme Court. In which case, chill, y'all. The Supreme Court's going to resolve it. And I know Trump basically, look, the conservatives are dominating the Supreme Court. Right now, they're trying to, you know, postpone Amy Coney Barrett's hearing because of COVID, even though they do hearings remotely anyway. So it's kind of dumb, but they're trying. Trump, look, conservatives dominate the Supreme Court. It may be then they rule in favor of Trump in any disputed election. More importantly, Donald Trump is in the seat of power. That means if any real dispute happens, Trump is in control of law enforcement and the military. I know the left controls communications, but I think Trump would maintain control in some capacity. And that, look, with the with the White House, any real dispute, I think Trump is going to win it. It's only his first term. But the reality is the Democrats are ignoring. Look, Trump just might win. NBC News says Trump is winning the, the voter registration battle against Biden in key states. It may not be enough to erase the former VP's polling lead, but could boost the president if the race tightens. Trump could just win, man. And maybe all of this posturing and screeching is really going to hurt them in the long run, because instead of focusing on, on ways to win, they have Biden hiding in the basement and they're claiming the end is nigh on CNN and the New York Times and the Atlantic. 
I don't know where the conservatives are at in terms of talking about civil war. I mean, the DC Examiner put up the article as well. So it certainly seems to be a prominent mainstream narrative that we are dangerously close to some kind of legit civil war. I certainly hope we aren't. And I want to end by saying de-escalate. I in no way want any of this to happen. I think it's a, I think it's ridiculous. And many leftists are like, Tim is trying to fan the flames and encourage it. Absolutely not. Quite the opposite. I imagine most of the people who are watching this right now want to be left alone and won't go out and engage in any kind of conflict. And that's my message to everybody. Prepare yourselves for the worst, because sometimes floods happen. Sometimes hurricanes happen. Uh, happen. But don't go out and engage in, in, in violence or anything like that. Stand down and let law enforcement do their job. That's what Trump said when he was trying to clean up his quote. I don't know what we can expect to happen. I don't know who's right. And maybe they're really suggesting that, look, unless Trump wins, there will be a civil war. And maybe Trump should just win. Fine, whatever. But they're still telling us to go out and vote for Biden. I'm not going to do that. I'm not giving the keys back to the establishment. So I guess we can only wait and see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at youtube.com slash timcastnews at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. President Donald Trump and First Lady Melania have tested positive for covid and the first thing I want to say is I wish them a quick and speedy recovery. There's a very high survival rate, so I think they'll be okay. Everyone is basically freaking out. Conspiracy theories are flying around as leftists and journalists are accusing Trump of faking this, and many are wishing death. And it is just a, the perfect example of how absolutely awful 2020 politics has been, and politics has been over the past several years. But I, I will say, listen, Donald Trump is overweight. And he's 74, so he is at risk. I sincerely hope he does well, he recovers, and everyone in his family. Now, there's a lot of questions circulating about what this means because Donald Trump has been traveling with many people. Who else might be sick? Now, apparently, Mike Pence and his wife have tested negative. Joe Biden will be getting tested. Nobody has any idea what's going on, and progressives and far leftists are just posting about they want him to die, and it's just absolutely awful. But I think some of the, the, more, the, the crazier things that we're seeing are the conspiracy theories. There are people suggesting, I'm not going to name any of these people. I'm not going to, I can't do it. But there, but there are a lot of people suggesting strange conspiracy theories. The Republicans are trying to pull Trump out because his polls are so low so they can bring in someone better. And I'm like, that's the conspiracy theory about Joe Biden. But apparently the polls say Joe Biden's doing great. You know, he's beating Donald Trump. Therefore, the only possible conspiracy is that the Republicans are the ones panicking, which makes absolutely no sense. Donald Trump is a, a <laughs> uh, he, he's something else. I'll tell you that. And you're not going to find someone to replace him. Here's what I want to do. I want to read you this story. Some of the details uh, we have from Daily Mail. But I want to go over, uh, I want to I bring you into the world of 2020 politics with this post on Reddit. This is an r slash best of post. That means that someone wrote this comment and then everyone said, wow, this is one of the best comments ever. What this is, is a long winded conspiracy theory that Donald Trump lives in a parallel reality <laughs> built by Fox News. And I'm going to completely debunk this, but it is very, very relevant to COVID right now as you start seeing the mainstream. Well, I shouldn't say mainstream. Look, like Rachel Maddow and, and, and Joe Biden and, and all, all the people that matter are wishing Trump well. But there are verified mainstream journalists that are pushing conspiracy theories. So this is a perfect opportunity to break down the fake reality of this mainstream left, the Russiagate hoaxers, the very fine people hoaxers, all of this stuff. But first, we got to get the details on Donald Trump. So the Daily Mail reports, 
Donald Trump and Melania test positive for COVID as they go into quarantine following news that Hope Hicks contracted the virus after traveling with the president on Air Force One. President Trump, we, we, we know this. Trump is 74 year, years old, putting him at higher risk of a serious complications from the virus. A statement from the White House doctor said both the president and first lady are well at this time, but did not say if either have symptoms. If Trump becomes seriously ill, there are constitutional procedures that would allow Vice President Mike Pence to assume power temporarily just weeks before the November 3rd election. But if Trump suffers mild or no symptoms, the president would be able to tout his recovery as evidence that the virus is less grave than many believe. In fact, one of the conspiracy theories is that Trump is only pretending to have uh, have uh, COVID so that just before the next debate with Joe Biden, Trump will come out and say that he took hydroxychloroquine and now he's great. Sure. They say if Trump suffers mild or no symptoms, he'd tout his recovery. It comes following news. The president's top aide, Hope Hicks, contracted the virus after traveling with Trump on Air Force One and Marine One multiple times over the weekend. But we don't know who gave who what. This is what you got to understand. The incubation period is going to be different for different people. It may be that Hope Hicks got it, gave it to Trump or Trump got it, gave it to Hope Hicks. The weird thing about all of this right now is, look, when Herman Cain, Herman Cain passed, every all these people were saying he wouldn't wear a mask. And it's like, no, 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 hold on. You were telling us that masks don't protect us. Like if I'm wearing a mask, it's to protect other people. And, and that's that's the official statement, right? The idea is when you talk, you spit. You really do. OK, people are like, no, I don't want to. No, you, you spit a lot. You, you're, you're spitting constantly. And so by wearing a mask, you're spitting into the mask. Right. OK, if that's the case and masks don't prevent you from catching it, they just prevent you from spreading it. Then why all of a sudden are these leftists saying and Donald Trump wouldn't wear a mask? Oh, no, that's, you know, come up. And it's like, no, 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 it's not. It's not. It's it's just Trump putting other people at risk. But people are acting like this is because, you know, Trump contracted it because he wouldn't wear a mask. I am sick of the hypocrisy, the flip flopping and the nonsense, because these people say this stupid BS with impunity. And if you're if you're even not if you're not on the left, you're moderate or conservative and you even say anything that's that's slightly off orthodox, you're banned. They'll delete your video and they'll ban you from YouTube. But these morons can go around on Twitter hooting and uh, Twitter hooting and hollering about stupid nonsense. And it's just allowed. Anyway, they say Hicks 31 is said to have first felt unwell returning from a rally in Minnesota on the president's plane Wednesday evening. She was quarantined away from others on the plane and her diagnosis was confirmed Thursday, according to an, to an, an administration official. Trump then continued with his schedule Thursday and traveled to and from his Bedminster, New Jersey golf resort to take part in two campaign events. OK, so we get all that. I don't want to go. You know, they go through Trump's schedule and stuff. And that's it is important. We'll get to this because the bigger question now is what what do we do? Um, does, does Trump just do his duties? Uh, Trump has said uh, the official statement, he's not incapacitated. He's fine. And he's just, you know, doing work as normal. He tested positive, but we just saw him at the debate. So it doesn't seem that he's sick at all. A lot of people get this are who get this are asymptomatic. I don't think we're going to see anything dramatic. I mean, maybe it's 2020. This year has been kind of crazy. So who knows? But, uh, seriously, man, I wish Trump the best and, uh, uh and his family. And I, I hope, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Look, I understand that the mortality rate is actually really low. Okay. It's funny when, you know, Trump says it's like a really bad flu. Well, it, it, look, there's, there's, there's some permanent, um, lingering effects for people who contract this, according to the CDC data. 
And uh, the survivability is, is, is really, really high. For, for Donald Trump, it should be around uh, 95 or so percent, you know, according to various uh, charts. 95 because Trump is older and he is overweight. And that, those, those are risk factors. Make, you know, but it, it, it's in all likelihood Trump's going to be just fine. Hopefully he's got the best care in the world. So I think he'll end up being OK. Joe Biden is, is going to get tested Friday morning following the report that Trump tested positive. Now, there are a lot of conspiracy theories. One of them is that Joe Biden is now going to catch COVID and they're going to blame Trump because Trump wouldn't wear a mask. I, I, I love all the freaky. Listen, there's no conspiracy. Donald Trump got sick. Sometimes you get sick. We're in a pandemic. I mean, I, I don't know if we actually still are um, because the, the, the cases and the death rate have gone down dramatically. I mean that in an academic sense, not in a declarative sense. So what I mean is we are literally in a pandemic, uh, according to the government and our procedures. I don't know where we are in terms of actual cases and mortality and things like that. I'm not a doctor, so don't take my word for it. Talk to your doctor. I always say that. But uh, one of the conspiracies is that Joe Biden will end up getting sick. That way they can push, push Harris up and say it's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. He's the president and COVID was his fault. And Joe Biden getting sick and getting knocked out of the race. Because look, Trump is uh, he's going to quarantine for a couple of weeks and it'll probably be fine. He'll come back to the debate. And then you have two more weeks until the election. And then Joe Biden gets sick. I don't I don't like any of these stupid conspiracies, man. But uh, we do have this from Devin O'Malley. VP press secretary says, as has been routine for months, Vice President Pence tested for, uh, for COVID-19 every day. This morning, Pen President, uh, Vice President Pence and the second lady tested negative for COVID-19. Vice President Pence remains in good health and wishes the Trumps well in their recovery. Now, I could go through all of the fake news that's popping up, but the first thing I have to do is I have to show you this. Preface everything from one day ago, a best of post. This is about someone claiming that Trump lives in a paranoid alternate reality created by Fox News. This is just absolutely not true. This is actually, ironically and paradoxically proof the left lives in, alter in an alter alternate reality created by fake news. And I have proof. I'm going to show you. Let me read you this comment. So this guy, uh, very original name on Reddit with 4,433 upvotes says, OK, my initial comment was was kind of to be funny and get upvotes, but I'm going to be real, real here because I think this is more important than Internet points. This is basically the same. There is a difference of uh, I don't know what he's trying to say there. I'm going to skip it. He says, the event you're describing in 2001 after 9-11 is that Fox started claiming to be the only fair and balanced source of news, but they weren't. They were preaching hate because it sold better during commercials. They know their ratings. They know what sells. They know their audience because they made their audience. Every year they got bolder and more blatant with their lies because they didn't have to be honest during their entertainment shows. Only during the actual news, 10 p.m., I think, they kept winning in court when challenged because free speech. I'm going to stop right there. It's actually the inverse. Fox News daytime is actually straight news. Brett Baer and uh, several other people, but I give a shout to Brett Baer because he's like a legit newsman. It's actually their primetime shows that are opinion shows that have been questioned. Things like Bill O'Reilly. He goes on to say, the most infuriating part is that free speech means you can share unpopular opinions without retribution. Outright lying is actually not covered under free speech. That's actually not true. I'm, I'm pretty sure free speech does cover lying, just not for material gain when you defraud someone. When when Obama started running, they made S up, not because he was black, but because he was a Democrat. Him being black just allowed the audience to believe it because intuitively they were, I'm not even going to repeat what this guy's saying, but you know, he's basically saying that Fox News viewers are racist. 
making us up work to rile people up, even if it was a direct contradiction of what was said in the week prior. Angry people have short memories. Harboring anger actually inhibits your ability to think rationally. That's true. It's a psychological phenomenon. I'm not sure if they figured this out by chance or intent, but they know it now. They continued anger stoking and fear mongering uh, is much like Facebook's dopamine targeting. Exactly. Exactly. What the left doesn't realize is that, yes, when you're angry, it does inhibit your ability to think rationally, and it actually inhibits your ability to learn. This is something very important that uh, I would. So I've been skateboarding my whole life, and a lot of skateboarders get really angry, and I would always have to tell them, like, look at this research. By getting angry, you are hurting yourself. You need to calm down. You need to stop and think and be rational. Otherwise, you're never going to advance. What they don't realize is that, I mean, right now they're wishing death on the president. The hate has blinded them. All of these mainstream news outlets hate so much they can't think rationally. And that's unfortunate. But it's, 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 it's the left. And that's why you get moderate. Look, listen. You ever see a picture of me I've taken with somebody? They're like, man, Tim doesn't smile. Yeah, because I'm just like kind of, you know, whatever, a bit nihilistic in that sense. And people say, you know, Tim doesn't emote enough. I don't get angry. Uh, I, I learn to control my emotions and, and not have uh, outbursts. It doesn't mean I'm lacking emotion. It just means I try to be calm and rational because I understand the importance of thinking clearly, not getting very angry. But you've, you've probably seen me get angry on my on, on my show. He says, your base needs an enemy to channel their anger. People rally around the cry to defeat an enemy, just like Donald Trump. Democrats are no longer wrong. They're now evil and they want to destroy America. Never mind how absolutely ridiculous it is for any politician to actively want to destroy the democratic process. Uh, like Trump, are you saying that why would Trump want to destroy the democratic process? They don't understand. They're living in this fractured reality. And I've got proof. Just wait for it. Now you have someone running on the platform created by this artificial reality. Not only is he good at uh, staying message, staying on message of the alternative reality, he's, con- he's convincing and brings the ridiculous notions into the mainstream. Nobody outside of Fox before this knew of the alternative reality. So they didn't even know where to begin to fact check. That's just, it's just patently absurd. It was all too fast from tradition and for legal purposes. You can't just call someone a liar when they lie. They do it all the time. They call Trump a liar all the time without proof of his intent. So the media use gentle language, blah, blah, blah. It's not true. People get confused and don't know what to believe. So they go to the only place with the answers, the internet. Unprecedented disinformation ensues. However, this is not unlike the propaganda in Germany. Basically, S is bad. It's these people's fault. Let's hate them. Trump gets elected. Same testing of the waters happens with government now. Can we fire people that say things we don't like? Yep. Can we hide evidence of crimes to get here? Yep. S looks like we might get caught. The GOP benefits from this. Now, here's where it gets glorious. The testing of the waters was done in Germany, too. Every failure of a check and balance emboldened someone seeking power. The peak before S got bad in Germany was the night of the long knives. I'm genuinely terrified Trump will use the Proud Boys to do this here amid the confusion of the election. After this point, there is no democracy. It's a dictatorship. If you are paying attention to the rest of the world, it's itching for a big war again. But but there are nukes now. Vote like the world depends on it because it does. It effing does. Paranoid, insane delusion. This was on the front page of one of the most prominent social media websites. Okay, let's play some games. Here's a post from Aged Like Milk. Donald Trump calls coronavirus Democrats new hoax. Juxtaposed with Donald Trump, uh, Trump tweeting, we have tested positive for COVID. And they're all laughing like Donald Trump thought COVID was a hoax. <laughs> We're so smart. It's all the right wingers who live in a paranoid reality that was created by Fox News. AP fact check. 
Biden distorts Trump words on virus hoax. The facts. Trump actually says the phrase is coronavirus and their new hoax at separate points. Although his meaning is difficult to discern, the broader context of his words shows he was railing against Democrats for their denunciation of his administration's response. Donald Trump never called coronavirus a hoax. These people live in a fractured alternate reality because these news outlets realized they could manipulate them for cash. You want to criticize Fox News? Please, please criticize Fox News. I don't care. They're not they're not I'm not a fan. Brett Bayer's fantastic because that's straight news. And Tucker Carlson is also fantastic. Probably one of the best news guys and an opinion. It's news and opinion on TV. Not a fan of Hannity. Not a fan of Ingram. Not a fan of a lot of what Fox does, but their daytime stuff is, 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 you know, boring and straightforward. Tucker's all right. They got their problems, but they've long since gotten rid of some of their, you know, uh, not as good individuals. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that without getting too disrespectful to people I'm not a fan of. But come on, Rachel Maddow, Russiagate for three years. Look, this is not unique to Fox News. And anybody who thinks it is lives in a paranoid delusion. Even conservatives are ragging on Fox News. Even Trump is ragging on Fox News. And now I bring you to the best part from Real Clear Politics. March 23rd, Fauci, the response of the Trump administration has been impressive. I can't imagine anybody could be doing more. Bravo, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci says White House Coronavirus Task Force is working around the clock to fight the coronavirus outbreak in an interview with Mark Levin on Fox News. So it was Fauci just riling people up and lying. Fox News has their narratives. Fox News wants to have a certain kind of person on their show. Last night, I had the D.C. riot squad. So this is a handful of people who have been covering riots. So you've got Richie McGinnis, uh, Jorge Ventura and Shelby Talcott. And they were uh, telling us, yeah, they've seen the Proud Boys beat people up pretty bad. And they're not, you know, particularly partisan. They're just there to cover the news, even though they work for the Daily Caller. They talked about how certain networks wouldn't have them on because highlighting Antifa violence was bad for their narrative. And Fox didn't really want to have them on either because they ended up getting arrested. Uh, Jorge and Shelby got arrested. And that wasn't good for the narrative either. So, yes, they all do it. And anybody claiming that only your side does it is lying. I'm even self-critical when I point out, dude, I rag on Democrats all day. That's why you got to go to other people for for other opinions and other views, because I'm just one person with his with, with I have my own biases and I have my own opinions. And there are things I think are more important. And I'm, I think the Democrats are bad. And I think these people in the media are lying to us. I think Donald Trump is not that bad. I think he's done th- some things that are OK. I think he's done a pretty decent job on, on COVID. And my opinion is based on the statements of Dr. Fauci. And, and Fauci's been critical of Trump as well. That's why I say he's done okay. And they, and, and the left takes clips of me and they're like, look, he's praising Trump. Yeah, Fauci did. They live in a paranoid delusional state. If you can't accept that your side is at fault in a lot of ways, then you are lying to yourself. This includes the right and the left. However, in my personal opinion, it is mostly the left. And the bigger problem is that the left is all of the establishment cultural institutions. So when you have ABC, NBC, CBS, New York Times, Washington Post, all of them playing this sick game. I'm like, I don't care about Fox News being one channel. I don't care. I care about the fact that our entire news industry has become corrupted by you lunatics who think you're morally superior to everyone else. I bring you now to the glory of the COVID conspiracies. This person, I don't know who this is, this is a random Twitter user that's, that someone was sharing. I'm making a list of possible reasons why setting up a fake illness and recovery right before an election could help Trump's campaign. Avoiding the next two debates? No, Trump won the debate. Claiming COVID is no big deal? Yeah. Easing the minds of older conservative voters who may be afraid to vote in person. If Trump, yeah, that's a good point. 
avoiding new debate rules, their mic cut rule, getting sympathy, distracting from issues. Oh, yeah. Sending liberals into a fury, making liberals look like hypocrites, shaking up the race at a time when he's losing in the polls, throwing a Hail Mary at the last minute. I, I absolutely love it. Monica Tard says, must admit to being staggered by the number of people here, including journalists, saying Trump's COVID diagnosis is fake. The reason why I highlight this tweet from Monica instead of any one of the other tweets I've seen from verified journalists who are pushing conspiracy theories is for two reasons. One, I actually uh, don't want to post what they're saying out of fear that YouTube would probably punish me for showing it because they're nuts. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a light example saying that they want to replace Trump with Pence because Trump is losing. I also don't want to get into a flame war with these, you know, these people on social media. But we, we, we do not have a functioning press at this time. We don't. The other day, I was highlighting how CNN said Fox News is running pro-Trump propaganda after the debates. MSNBC did the exact same thing. You're not being told the truth by these news outlets for the most part. I would say a lot of the basic news is fine. But when it comes to politics, it's all just word vomit garbled lies. Donald Trump is sick. He said it. He tweeted it out that he's got coronavirus. They tested positive for it. He's not incapacitated. In fact, he seems to be rather spry and he's probably fine. I don't know what will end up happening. I wish him the best. But I can tell you this. The likelihood this is a grand conspiracy that Trump is throwing a Hail Mary and faking an illness is just absolutely ridiculous. Come on. You know, these people just live in this fantasy delusional state. And it's it's shockingly annoying. Now, BuzzFeed wrote uh, this really hilarious uh, article. Well, it's a really hilarious title saying, I am the politics editor and I have absolutely no idea what happens next. I am not going to pretend to have any more answers right now. Yes. Uh, when I saw this, I was like, BuzzFeed admitting they don't know what's happening, or I should say BuzzFeed not knowing what's going on or what's happening is not a surprise, to be fair. It's actually par for the course. However, I'm just being a jerk. Matt Berman brings up a bunch of interesting questions, notably what happens to the campaign. Nobody knows. Where do we go? Does Trump stop campaigning for a couple weeks? He's going to have to. Will he recover in time for the debates? We don't know. Who else could be exposed? Good question. Trump has traveled with many people. What happens to the election? Many people have already voted. What happens if Trump actually does become incapacitated or heaven forbid he actually dies? People have already voted. What? Yikes. No idea. And, I, and, and we like very, 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 very unlikely to happen. But, you know, I, I'm wishing him the best. What should we think about pundits who tell us what this really means for the election? Does this have any impact on who people actually decide to vote for? Who knows? Voters' minds have seemed very made up for months now. Yeah. So I, 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 I respect the, the position of saying, I don't know. I'm sick and tired of people telling you, this is what, you know, I know for a fact this is what will happen. Look, I, I often come out and say, here's what I think about this and here's where I think it will go. And I think that's fine. Many other people do the same thing. But those that come out definitively saying, Donald Trump's going to lose, man, you're so dumb. I did a video where I said there may be a red wave. A red wave might be coming in November. And all these lefties started hooting and hollering and like yelling like, Tim's so dumb. He thinks Republicans are going to win. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I said, maybe the point of the video is we don't know what's going to happen. And here are some factors to consider as to why Republicans might actually sweep. And many people have brought this up. It's also likely if you look at the polls, that's not going to happen. I am not I don't come out and make hard definitive statements like Trump is going to win in a landslide. Guaranteed, guaranteed. There are certain news events where I say, I think this suggests Trump will win in a landslide. We'll have to wait and see. 
I get criticized by many people for, you know, for saying it in my videos. I guess we'll have to just wait and see. You know, who knows what's going to happen? Yet, because I'm like, here's why I think this lends itself to this idea. The other side says Tim's making wild and insane predictions. Everybody needs to shut up. And I'm talking about the pundits, okay? Y'all, y'all should actually speak up. But the pundits need to chill out. Drop the conspiracy theories. The president has coronavirus. We're going to sit back and pray for his safety. I know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are doing the exact opposite. So if you're somebody who believes in the power of thought and prayer, and I say thought and prayer because I'm not just talking about religion, there's the, like, you know, also the spiritual new age of sending your energy out there. Y'all better be thinking as hard as possible and praying twice as hard. You know why? Because the other side is praying twice as hard for harm. And, and, and not all of them, just the real crazy people. But who knows? I wouldn't put it past them. Anyway, I'll leave it there. And again, I'll say it. Uh, I, I seriously hope the president is, is uh, uh, going to be fine. And we'll, we'll see how things play out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. How many times now has Donald Trump denounced white supremacy, the Klan, and many of these groups, specifically, I don't know, 80, 100? And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't, I, I don't want to, I don't even want to record this segment. And I actually thought to myself, you know what, maybe just for this month, I can go away and all these all these lefties who don't like me can be happy. But do we really need to hear over and over again the exact same things? The media is lying. Are we all just absolutely convinced of what we're going to be doing on election night and who we think is going to win? Have we all made up our minds already? And is this completely pointless? It feels like it. But I guess after reading how insane the fake news was. And seeing one story in particular, that Black Lives Matter, a local chapter and a local Proud Boys chapter came together to denounce white supremacy, I thought it'd be really important to actually actually highlight this and ask a favor of all of you to share this video. Subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, but share this. And I think the sharing is the most important thing. Normally, I only say it on my on my main channel, but it does feel uh, I feel a bit defeated in that I can do these these segments over and over again, showing you definitive proof that the mainstream media narrative is bunk and people just don't, they don't hear it. And I, I, I don't know what else to do, right? I, I can say it over and over again, but it feels like preaching to the choir. Let me just jump in the news and show you some of these stories. And I'm going to uh, once again, definitively debunk these narratives about Trump and the Proud Boys. I'm tired of it. John Roberts lashes out at critics who ripped obnoxious presser behavior backlash grows. Now, this story's from just the other day. John Roberts was questioning Kaylee McEnany. Is Trump going to denounce white supremacy because John Roberts is as dumb as a box of rocks and he does not actually do a Google search? Now, I don't like being mean or disrespectful, but I got to tell you, I am at my wits end with these people purporting to be journalists who don't bother doing a Google search. A Google search is the bare minimum you have to do when you're fact checking something. And they don't do it. So now John Roberts is mad because people on Twitter actually did the Google search. And as it turns out, oh, I love this stuff. Jim Acosta says on Twitter, Trump has finally condemned white supremacists, dot, 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 on Hannity. Jim, you you are such the worst of the worst in terms of manipulating your audience for clicks. I think Jim Acosta is, you know, to be fair, maybe he's not all that bad. Maybe he just has the memory of a goldfish. And so do the rest of these journalists. And I think that really might be it. The memory of a goldfish. Three minutes. Is that, is that the memory of a goldfish? I think it's something like that. They can't remember what they said yesterday. 
They can't remember what they said a year ago. And they can't remember, <laughs> they can't remember anything from his administration. Jim Acosta. Trump has finally, oh, finally. Oh, thank goodness. And you know what I did? I Google searched white supremacists, Jim Acosta <laughs> and Twitter. And you can clearly see so did many other people. Because on August 14th, 2017, Jim Acosta himself tweeted, Trump condemns KKK and white supremacists commenting on Charlottesville. Racism is evil. Oh, three years ago, over three years ago. But these people, you know what it is? I'm sorry to say it, man, but you got a lot of people that just hate. They have nothing but hate inside their hearts. And that, and, and of course, there's racists that have nothing but hate in their hearts. But the left really has become a vile, vile, hate-filled rage machine. And I'm sorry to say it is the majority of the left. Typically, I like to say it's not all of them. It's not even most. I don't know. There's, there's enough of them. No, this is different. This is the clear exploitation of the rage machine that these people on the left, okay, what, and, and, and listen, I'll tell you something. There's a really funny tweet by this woman. Her name is Joelle. I'm not going to say her last name because I don't want people dragging her. But she announced on Twitter that she lost a client over one of Donald Trump's executive orders on critical race theory because people can't work with critical race theory anymore. And she said there seems to be a cohort of people who are passionately opposed to critical race theory who also hate Donald Trump. Surprise, surprise. The former liberals who now find them politically homeless, or many of whom still say they are liberal, but are not leftists. You see, the left has become, you know, it's, it's like a, 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 a just a rage monster. They, they, they thrive and feed on hate. So people like Jim Acosta are completely capable of saying something like in 2017, Trump denounced, Trump's, Trump denounces white supremacy. And then in 2020 to say Trump finally does it. Why? Because these people don't care about what's true. They just want to hate. The funny thing is, certainly Trump has members of his base who just hate. They hate the liberals. They want to own the liberals. They hate. But it's a tendency. As I often say, because when you look at social media, and I think credit goes to Twitter for banning the, the more fringe of the right, you see, you see mostly moderate individuals who have moderate opinions and are rejecting the lies of the media. So, for, for me, for instance, do I hate? No, I actually laugh a lot about things. I get angry sometimes. It's really funny. You know, some, I, I, I had, a, um, Michael Malice. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's a hilarious guy. You should definitely check him out. I laugh at his tweets all the time. The dude's brilliant. And I had him on the IRL podcast, my, my nightly live show. And he saw me like goo goo gaga ing my cat and like, you know, you know, petting my cat or whatever. And he was like, wow, I'm glad that you're, you know, you, this is your demeanor because people were worried that you were, you know, upset or, or black pilled. And you know what I say, man? YouTube is going to show you certain content. So if you're watching only my videos on like riots and stuff or things like this, you're going to see me angry. But if you're watching, say, like the IRL podcast, you're going to see us laughing, making jokes. And you got to make sure that you get more than just one channel, even if it's like, not, and I'm saying you don't just watch me, you got to watch other people. But I don't like hating. I don't, I don't hate Jim Acosta, but I do, I am really, I don't know what the right word is for it. I'm, I hate the idea. That's a probably what, a better way to explain it. Me personally, I hate the machine. I hate the system. I hate the companies and the corporations. I care very little for the individuals who are cogs in that machine, though I do think they need to be held responsible for the actions they take. I, I, I don't want to go around just hating on people. Of, of course, there are people I do hate, 
I don't hate Joe Biden. I don't hate Ocasio-Cortez. I don't hate Trump. I don't hate Pence. I don't hate most Republicans. I think Republicans, for the most part, are like do nothing and lazy rhinos, Republican in name only and dinos and our, cr- our crony capitalist establishment. I, I very much despise for sure. But uh, and anyway, to get back to the point, the left is thriving on it. And because they're thriving on it, you can have this narrative that never goes away. Trump is a white supremacist. Trump refuses to denounce white supremacy, no matter how many times he says it, no matter how many times Kaylee McEnany denounces it. Here's what happened with John Roberts. They say Fox News is chief course, uh, chief White House correspondent wrote his first ever Jim Acosta-themed Dear Diary entry this Thursday, and it was a sight to behold. Roberts experienced his first Acosta-like meltdown after critics on social media blasted him for acting obnoxious during a White House briefing. During a briefing that afternoon, Roberts asked White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany whether she can confirm that President Donald Trump denounces white supremacy. Well, that's because John Roberts doesn't know how to use Google, because he doesn't know how to use Google. These are the people who work for our media outlets. I don't blame people for being dumb. I will blame certain people like Jim Acosta. I think he is a snake oil salesman. That's an easy way to put it. I think Donald Trump has similar characteristics in some regards, but not nearly as bad as the entire media apparatus. And even if your criticism of Trump is that he's a grifter and that he's manipulating people, sure, fine, but he's one guy. Sure, fine, he became president. I recognize the power of the presidency. But what do you have to say to CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, I mean, the, the, the list of these mainstream outlets goes on. What do, you, what, do you, what do you have to say about the entire media apparatus doing the exact same thing? They say nothing. Well, now you get John Roberts. Here's what he said. The press secretary responded by listing multiple examples of the president having denounced white supremacy, some of them this very week. But that wasn't enough for Roberts. Quote, but just, just, just to clear it up this morning, can you, naming it, make a declarative statement that the president denounces it? In response, McEnany said, I just did. This prompted Roberts to accuse her of having just read a bunch of quotes from the past. It's un- so so are, are the, is the argument now that at some point in the past few months, Trump went, you know what? I, I personally, I, I no longer want to denounce, you know, white supremacists. I'm going to change my mind, says Trump. No, it's just the stupidest thing ever. It's fake news. It's emotional manipulation. It is lazy. And here I am having to talk about it. So I, you know what? I, I'm going I'm to move, I'm going to move on for this. Okay. I'm going to move on for this. And I want to talk to you about what I, what, what is actually going on. So, so Roberts snaps and he's like, you know, he, he goes on TV and he gets all angry and he's like, I had to ask this question. Okay. I had to ask it. Blah, blah, blah. No, how, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I don't care, dude. You want to, you want to, you want to be Jim Acosta. You want to, you want to pander the people who just hate. Go ahead and do it. Take a look at this story. Police arrest Proud Boy member on assault and gun charges hours after Trump refuses to denounce white supremacy. Okay, this guy uh, that they're claiming is a Proud Boy member. What's his name? Alan Swinney. Did did, uh, Chris Riotta of The Independent Google search it? He didn't. He didn't. Uh, He didn't. Did he reach out to the Proud Boys for comment on this individual? He didn't. I'm sorry to say. Of course he didn't. And of course, that's the... uh, that's just how things go. From the post millennial, multiple media outlets falsely claim man arrested for assault during Portland riots is a proud boy. Alan Swinney is not a proud boy. And you know what? I think it's really funny. They tried to address this by saying, well, Alan Swinney may not actually be a proud boy. He was hanging out with proud boys. And what? So what? Get your facts straight. They don't want to. They want a narrative. 
Andy No says, I reached out to the organization and they say he's not a member. Interesting. Andy No says this is the only arrest in Portland that Ted Wheeler has brought attention to this year. And according to the Proud Boys, Swinney is not and has never been a member. Enrique Tario, chair of the of the Proud Boys, tells me Swinney is not and has never been a member of the organization the, through any of the chapters. I'm just I'm just tired of it, man. Now, I know um, many of you probably didn't see these things. And I know many people probably rely on me to to bring these pieces together and to give you proper context. Some people on the left like to say Tim Pool's not really a journalist. Some people even on the right say, well, Tim Pool's a good news aggregator. And it's because nobody has any idea what I actually have to do behind the scenes before I even run these stories. It's called journalism. It's called collecting and disseminating information. And it's called fact checking and verifying. I watch videos. I do all the work. But they, but, but you know, people, they just assume that this guy, check this out. Here, here's the point. It's really frustrating. This guy, Chris Riotta, he's with uh, The Independent. He literally did no work. Okay, figuratively. He, he didn't even fact check any of these statements. And that's supposed to be journalism. But me fact checking all of these people, I guess, is not. So the point is, not that I care what anybody really thinks. The point is, our news media in this country is complete trash. As, as exemplified by Jim Acosta forgetting his own tweets. It's just a stupid waste of time. And so I, I, I'm going to be completely honest, man. It's, it's, you know, 15 or so minutes before I'm going to record this. I'm sitting here like, why am I going to talk about this? Why am I going to say the same thing again? You all know the media is lying. Are we preaching to the choir? Is that what I'm doing? Now, I get it. A lot of you who are watching probably didn't know many of these things. And that's why I decided, no, I, I have to point this out, that, there, that the manipulation runs deep. I have to do it. Even if I'm tired of saying it, because I got to tell you, I am. Especially the story in the Proud Boys. Come on, man. This was, what, three or four days ago. And now there's an entirely new cycle where the left is like gloating and laughing and praying for death because Donald Trump got sick. This is disgusting, man. I'm so sick of the hate and the evil. You know, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and a bunch of Trump supporters started dancing on her grave, I'm just so sick of it. Man, knock it off. I don't blame Trump for the grave dancing. I don't blame Trump for the rhetoric. I don't blame Trump for for the, the demeanor. A lot of people say, well, Trump's making things worse or Trump's normalizing it. No, dude, you had no idea what was going on in this country. You weren't paying attention. And many of these progressives voted for Barack Obama, who and, and who, who fanned the flames of a lot of this stuff. It didn't just appear out of nowhere. Simply because you are now starting to listen to the news doesn't mean it just created. It was just created under Trump. The grave dancing had been a long time coming and it's sick. I don't, I don't like it when the left is saying it about Trump. And I don't like it when the right is saying about Ruth Bader Ginsburg or anybody else. I was extremely offended by the things they were saying about Herman Cain. That dude was awesome. I just watched a, a documentary with him in it. Dude was awesome. I don't know a lot about his po- political beliefs as a politician, for sure. But I know that as an individual, uh, uh, the, the way he carried himself, the stories he told, and, and, and uh, a lot of the things he was saying in this documentary about his hard work was inspirational. And that why, that, that's why I'm saying he was a rad dude. And so people danced on his grave, and I'm just so sick of the hate. But you know what? The right has a major benefit in this, because the right certainly has their hate, their hate mongers. But you see, social media bans them, and they're gone. You go on Twitter, you say these nasty things, people will ban you. And the right is more than willing to get rid of their extremists. Left isn't. The left gloats and wallows in the filth. And then I have to read it, and it's in all of our mainstream news institutions. I mean, NBC has this one guy who is 
like one of the most insane conspiracy, like they dress up their conspiracy psychosis with this veneer of real journalism. And you and I read it and I'm just like, you know what, man, the way I, I describe it is it's like I, I feel like I'm trying to knock down a skyscraper and I have nothing but a little ball peen hammer. I'm just like, ting, 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 banging away. And it's not working. And a lot of people are watching and they're like, you go, Tim, you, 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 you hit that skyscraper with that hammer. And they're internally grateful that I'm trying my hardest to break down and reject the fake news and fact check it. But you get all these news organizations that are just building away as the tower to, uh, you know, reaches the sky. And I can't stop it on my own. And there are even people on YouTube who who perpetuate in many, many lies. So it feels like no matter how much I push against this stupid BS, the, 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 the cyclone is getting worse. The, you know, you, you can't stop the tidal wave, man. So maybe I'm just, you know, one of the one of the last people trying to figure out where that truth lies. Of course, there are many people who are going to claim that they're the ones doing it, too. But it's frustrating. I bring you now to this story from KUTV. Black Lives Matter group Proud Boys stand together at Salt Lake City press conference. They say a Salt Lake chapter of the Proud Boys gathered at Washington Square Wednesday night to try and change the narrative that they're racist. Quote, I don't care what color your skin is. We're all Americans, and we need to find a way to come together instead of divide, said the local Proud Boys president, a man named Seth, who declined to offer his last name. In a line seemingly at odds with an organization the Southern Poverty Law Center had, and, the, and the ADL says is a hate group, we are in no way, shape, or form white supremacists, said Thad, the group's chief, who also declined to provide his last name. Enrique Tarrio, for instance, is uh, Afro-Cuban. So I believe, you know, he's black and Latino. Um, that's how he's been described. He's not a white guy. And he actually said that white supremacists should be labeled, you know, terrorists that they're, you know, and, and they reject it in every form. On their website, they talk about what they support. They support free speech, meritocracy, Western values, venerating the housewife, things like that. It's a fraternity. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a men's club. They have endorsed violence in the past. Part of their degrees, like, you know, ranking was based on getting into a fight in defense of Western values. That's that's wrong. I don't think they should be doing that. I think think they should be trying to push back. But it, it's it's crazy to me that you can have the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ADL say that the, the Proud Boys are white supremacists when they're literally saying they're 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 non-white members who are running these chapters or Enrique uh, Tario, who's like the, the, uh, the legit chair of the entire organization, are not even white. Yet we still get fake news about all of this. And here is my favorite takeaway. While Jim Acosta finally, yeah, finally says that Donald Trump denounces white supremacy. I'm kidding, by the way. He said it before. Here's the new narrative. Trump may denounce white supremacists, but he is never angry. There's no winning. There's no winning. It is entirely frustrating every single day. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I am not uh, pessimistic in a sense when I'm frustrated that it is an uphill battle and it feels like there's no way to win. I don't care what it feels like. And this is an important life lesson for everybody. I don't care what you think may be uh, holding you back. You must persevere. And that's the point I'm bringing up as I look at this video and just I'm sick and tired of talking about this and all the stupid BS. I still did the segment. And that was that that was the important takeaway. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and think that what I do is not working or, you know, even if it feels like I'm fighting against this fake news, I am getting a ridiculous amount of traffic to my content. A hundred million, 120 million or something in the past month is insane between all my channels. And so uh, people are listening 
And even though CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, you know, and whatever, get substantially more, it's, 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 it's still uh, significant. And so that's why I say I, I should probably ask people to share these videos more often so that people can actually hear and see the breakdown. You can disagree with my opinions. Absolutely. But if you want to deny that the Proud Boys are rejecting white supremacy, well, then you are making assumptions about what their intention is. I'm not going to do that. I can only tell you what they said. Southern Poverty Law Center says they're a white supremacist group or a hate group or whatever. They say, no, we reject all of that. Make up your own mind, I guess. In my personal opinion, they're not white supremacists. Why? Their leaders are not white. And they said straight up they reject it. So I don't know what else you expect to, to, to get from that. They also have, you know, gay members and, you know, they have gay, straight, very different religions. I think I once met a Muslim proud boy and they were talking about it and they said all that matters is Western values. They don't care what your religion is. But of course, you know, there are going to be people in the proud boys who have crummy opinions, you know, and they're going to get called out for it. And they're going to use that to go against the entirety of, of the Proud Boys. There was a tweet from, uh, uh, I believe it was an NBC journalist I tweeted, saying that, oh, Antifa, their horrifying ideology, linking to a story where it claimed like Antifa, you know, they want mutual aid and they want to provide people with resources and food and all that stuff. And I tweeted, an avowed Antifa member shot and killed a Trump supporter in Portland, hunted him down. An avowed an- uh, Antifa member went to an ICE facility with firebombs and started shooting at law enforcement. We have had 127 days of avowed Antifa rioting. I should should clarify, though, not every single night was an Antifa riot. A lot of Black Lives Matter. Some of it was just general unrest, but we did have many, many riots. So for the past 127 days, there has been sporadic, but almost every day, some kind of violent unrest or riots coming from identified Antifa. We don't get that with the Proud Boys. So you can criticize individual Proud Boys for their wrongdoing. But when Antifa does this and it's sustained and our media apparatus in this country supports them and defends them while claiming Trump won't denounce white supremacy, I just I just get sick and tired of it. So that's why I said share this video and share as many as you can, I guess, because I think the only way we actually defeat the the the, the, the establishment lies is if you are all willing to share videos like this. I guess ultimately the problem comes down to many people are probably going to share who they think is right, as they should. But then they end up sharing people who are wrong. And that's probably me as well in a lot of circumstances. So I think ultimately what we can do is it doesn't matter who you're sharing in terms of social media, just stop sharing mainstream media. Start looking for independent voices so that at least we can have a real conversation because the establishment is bunk and these stories are ridiculous. Like Trump, he, okay, fine. He did denounce them, but he's not mad. He's not, okay, whatever, man. So I'll leave it there. Just, uh, today's a stupid day. You know, part of my frustration comes from every single article now is, you know, about Trump and COVID. And many of these high profile verified blue check leftists are laughing and gloating. And I'm just so sick of the hatred. Chill, man. I think Biden's a lot of things. I don't like him. Don't want to vote for him. I don't hate Biden. I wish him well. I hope he stays safe. I hope he doesn't get COVID or anything like that. And I hope, as I've said, it's, 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 it's kind of horrible to see him in this position. I'm, I'm going to try and do better as I always do and, and, and make sure the hate is kept to a minimum. And I, I, I hope the left does the same and the right too. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel from this one. It's my main channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. You may remember the story. Madison, Wisconsin protests. A woman 
named Althea Bernstein claimed that several men attacked her and set her ablaze. And a lot of people didn't believe it because the photos of the injuries looked like abrasions, like she fell down, not like burns. Well, the FBI joined into the local investigation to figure out what was really going on. And now we have a major breaking update. Of course, no evidence was found to suggest that any white men attacked this woman. In fact, you know, some people were suggesting that they think she may have gotten burned throwing a Molotov cocktail. But as it turns out, police say GPS data from her phone and surveillance footage proves she was, in fact, very, very far away from wherever this supposed incident was, was supposedly to have happened. And uh, I'm going to be very careful with my language because we're a very litigious country, but it, it would appear that based on these stories and in my personal opinion, hoax, just my personal opinion, which may be wrong. That's fair. Check out this story first. I'll show you some of the details. They say Madison police said Friday, the FBI is joining its investigation into an incident in which a biracial African-American woman said a group of four white men hurled a racial epithet at her before spraying her face with lighter fluid and setting her on fire. The woman, 18 year old Althea Bernstein of Madison, said she suffered second and third degree burns to her face in the incident early Wednesday. Madison spoke, uh, police spokesman Joel Despain said Friday, the detective investigating the case is still reviewing any possible surveillance video of the incident and gathering other evidence at, uh, and has been in touch with Bernstein. Now, considering the injuries likely aren't real, at least if this story is true, I wonder if YouTube will get mad at me for having a photo of potentially fake injuries or whatever it might be. Sure, I'm going to get demonetized. Yeah, fine, whatever. Well, here's the major breaking update. Prosecutors, not enough evidence to prove Wisconsin attack. Well, does that mean it didn't happen? No, it means they didn't find any evidence, but they, they don't go as far as to suggest that she staged it. They say there's not enough evidence to prove that a group of white men set a young biracial woman on fire during a chaotic night of protests in Wisconsin's capital uh, this summer, federal prosecutors said Friday. Detectives were unable to find any surveillance video that shows an alleged attack taking place. But they did find footage indicating the woman wasn't in the city at the time she says she was attacked, according to investigative reports. Okay, are you going to file file criminal charges for filing a false police report? Is anyone going to follow up and hold this individual accountable, assuming this is true? I'd like to see the evidence. I really doubt it. Althea Bernstein, 18, told police she was attacked by four white men while driving through a protest in downtown Madison around 1 a.m. on June 24th. Bernstein said she was stopped at a red light when she heard someone yell a racial slur and one of the men sprayed her with lighter fluid through an open window and threw a flaming lighter at her, setting her neck and face on fire. She drove away, put out the flames and was treated for burns at a hospital, she said. A team of federal, state and local investigators probed the allegations as a possible hate crime. On Friday, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Medicine issued a statement saying the investigation was closed without charges filed. The statement said investigators conducted extensive, uh, extensive interviews, as well as an exhaustive review of traffic and surveillance cameras, as well as digital and forensic evidence, and couldn't establish that the attack occurred. Madison Acting Police Chief Vic Wall issued his own statement, saying detectives were unable to locate evidence consistent with what was reported. Bernstein's family issued a three-sentence statement through the Madison Police Depar uh, Department, saying they appreciate the investigators' work. Quote, Althea Benjamin and her family appreciate the detailed investigation efforts, investigative efforts by all involved in this case. Althea's injuries are healing and the support of our community has been invaluable in that regard. We continue to maintain our family privacy and will not be granting interviews at this time. 
The assault, the alleged assault, came during a night of violence that included the toppling of two statues outside the Capitol and an attack on a state senator. A group of a group of up to 300 people protested the arrest of a black man after he shouted at restaurant customers through a megaphone while carrying a baseball bat. Okay, let's stop for a second, because what? Yes, a video went viral showing a man carrying a baseball bat entering a restaurant and screaming in people's faces with a megaphone. And then because the guy got arrested, 300 people came out, toppled statues. Mind you, one of the statues was Hans Christian Hegg, a Civil War hero who fought for the Union to abolish slavery. He was like a hardcore abolitionist, and I'm pretty sure he died fighting to free the slaves and end slavery. But of course, they tore his statue down because, you know, white supremacy and all that, and then started destroying things. And then this woman came out and said she was attacked by white men. It was like Jesse Smollett all over again, and a lot of people didn't really believe it. And I still don't believe it. And I guess with this AP story, it is quite unbelievable. And I mean that in literal sense. According to investigative documents, Bernstein told the responding officer she is Hispanic and black. Someone also threw a Molotov cocktail into a government building and attempted to break into the Capitol, only to be repelled by pepper spray from police station inside. The violence prompted Governor Tony Evers to activate the National Guard to protect state properties. You know what's really funny? This was in June. Mr. Uh, uh, Governor Evers, could you have maintained a security presence in your state and maybe prevented, say, I don't know, Kenosha? From, from getting as bad as it did? Talk about pathetic and failed leadership. Madison police on Friday released more than 150 pages of reports detailing the investigation. Traffic and surveillance camera footage shows Bernstein's vehicle stopped only once and that no one was around the car. The footage also shows that her window was closed throughout and she was traveling in the right lane, not the left, as she told investigators. None of the cameras picked up a group of four white men that matched Bernstein's descriptions. A report said, what footage does show her in Middleton, a suburb about 15 minutes from downtown Madison, just before 1 a.m. GPS data at, uh, from her phone corroborates that as her location. An arson dog found no trace of, lighter, uh, of a lighter or other incendiary devices in her car, and investigators found the car wasn't damaged. Tests did reveal a substance consistent with lighter fluid on her shirt, however, and her medical records indicate she was treated for burns hours after the attack allegedly happened. Maybe she's telling the truth. I don't know. They found no evidence. When confronted by Detective Just, uh, Justine Harris in August, Bernstein said she didn't understand why there wasn't any evidence of the attack. She said she was worried about what might happen when the reports were made public, saying she has been threatened on social media and that investigators were treating her like a suspect. I wonder why. Could it be that uh, she was involved in the Molotov cocktail incident and then fled and lied about what happened? And that's why her GPS shows her far away. And maybe she did get burns because she was playing with fire. Could be. I don't know, to be completely honest. And I always try to reserve judgment because, look, man, you don't want to fall for a Jesse Smollett situation in any direction, right? Harris told Bernstein's attorney, she's, or she's, she stated, I know what happened to me. Harris told Bernstein's attorney, Andrea Sumner, during a meeting Tuesday that no one planned to file any charges against Bernstein, saying there's no evidence she colluded with anyone to make a false report, and there was no evidence she was involved in any of the destruction during the protest. Harris told Sumner, Sumpter, that Bernstein had clearly suffered injuries to her face and that detectives were interested in whether someone else had hurt her in a different way than she had alleged. Sumpter said she had no alternative information from Bernstein or her family about how she was burned and acknowledged that there can be many reasons why a victim might not want to be forthcoming about who caused injuries, Harris wrote. 
Sumter didn't immediately respond to messages Friday. That is completely fair, to be honest. I know many of you probably want to, you know, you find the hoaxers and prove them wrong, but hold on a minute. I don't want to operate under the presumption that this person did stage a hoax and then be mad we couldn't prove it. I don't know at all what happened. I think it's likely it was a hoax. I think it's likely that she lied. But it could actually be as the police said. Like, let's be let's let's, tr- let's try and be as objective as possible. Perhaps she was injured by someone else and is just trying to cover for them or she's scared of them. And that's that's legit, right? Maybe there's someone abusive in her life who did burn her, did attack her, and she needed a way to get treatment justifying, you know, like explaining what happened without setting someone else upon her. This kind of stuff happens in domestic abuse situations. So, look, while my personal opinion leans towards I think she was hoaxing everybody— and whether or not she was the victim, if she lied about being attacked by these four guys, she's still kind of creating that hoax. She may actually be the victim in some capacity. And maybe there was a false report. The police have decided not to engage, I suppose. We don't know. And I guess I guess it would suggest that they don't have evidence to go either direction. And that's the way things should work. There have been a lot of hate crime hoaxes, however, and there are maps tracking this stuff. And that's why I think many people might default to, to the position that she's legit lying, right? I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to play those same games. Just because there are many hate crime hoaxes doesn't mean this is one of them. And maybe some more information will come out in the future. But I'll tell you right now, I spend too much of my day fact checking and debunking fake news to go anywhere near wanting to engage in it with speculation. That's why I always say, look, they say Trump's a liar. Well, Trump's wrong many, you know, a lot of the time, but you can't, you can't, you're not psychic. You don't know what someone's intent is. You don't know if they were trying to manipulate you and knew the truth, right? In this instance, and in many other instances, it may actually look really bad for the victim, but uh, innocent until proven guilty. If they're not going to come out with charges, let alone, like, if they're not going to try, like, if she's not even going to be convicted, let alone even charged, then I'm not incl- inclined to claim that this is a hoax. I will be fair and say, I think it is a hoax. You know what I mean? I don't know. Look, there's a difference between facts and opinion. My opinion, I think she faked it because, you know, the riots that were happening, the narrative that was emerging, and it was an opportunity for her to say like she fell and then blame it on somebody else. But but the only facts we have as, as of right now is that nothing happened. That's it. Nothing happened. She was in a different place. She lied about it. We don't know why. And that's about all we'll get. Don't get Jesse Smoletted. And it can go in either direction. Not believing or believing. Wait for the facts. Don't be like, don't be tricked by fake news. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up in just a few minutes. So stick around and I will see you all shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you tonight's 615 segment. Get woke. Go broke on steroids, baby. NBA finals ratings sink to all time lows. Ouch. Why? Because I don't want to watch politics ball. I don't really watch basketball anyway, so that's just me. But I don't want to watch politics sports. I want to watch sports. I I, I built a mini ramp. I want to go skate. I don't want someone to skate and then stop and lecture me about Black Lives Matter. Sorry, dude. I just want to see someone do like, I don't know, maybe like a blunt kickflip back in. We we just say blunt kickflip. Fakie. That's skateboard lingo, by the way. Maybe someone could pull off like a gnarly frontside big spin nose bump. That'd be cool. But if you said, hey, do you want to see this guy skate in this league? He's also got a Black Lives Matter shirt. All the ramps, I'd be like, get out of here, dude. So I can absolutely empathize with why nobody is watching the NBA. You reap what you sow. You knew the ratings were getting bad. You knew people didn't want it. And you went for it anyway. Congratulations. You lose money now. 
And that means you lose institutional power in the long run. Yeah, well, so be it. I don't watch NBA. I guess a lot of other people are happy to walk away from it. In a recent poll from Harris, they found people didn't like politics. That was the number one reason. Here's the story from OutKick. The NBA took another L Wednesday, this time in the NBA finals on ABC with the Lakers and LeBron James. Oh, and boy, do I got another story for you guys. Just wait. Only 7.41 million viewers watched the industry hyped matchup per sports media watch uh, uh, per sports media watch. This is the least watched finals opener since on record. Woo! Game one is down an unheard of 44 percent from last year's matchup, which featured a team from Canada during last year's finals tank job. Media members yelled, one team is from Canada and there is no LeBron. Ah, I see. The NBA is taking, is taking tanking to never before seen depths. If LeBron and the Lakers in the finals can't save this collapse, nothing will. This is the best case scenario. Imagine these numbers when the Nuggets finally win the West and the media has, has to push that over the NFL. Compared to 2018, the last finals with LeBron game one is down 58%. That kind of slide is what gets TV shows canceled and showrunners chased out of business. Oh, dude, NBA, what are you doing? Adam Silver complained a few years ago, too many NBA games were on cable. Looking at the data, he may want to keep it that way so he has an excuse. Since 2012, viewership for the NBA and ABC resembles a former yearly revenue chart at Blockbuster headquarters. From 2012 to 2020, broadcast NBA ratings are down 45% in simple terms. Horrific. Due to self-destruction, the NBA is a mess. The politicization of professional basketball puts ESPN's Mark Jones's left-wing Twitter to shame. The league is more hypocritical than the participants in Tuesday's debate. Oh, spicy. Led by social justice warrior LeBron James, the NBA players who claim to put human rights ahead of their dollars are still earning millions from the Chinese Communist Party. No comment. That's how LeBron responded to the shooting of two police officers in L.A. On the other hand, LeBron is changing America. Literally, his organization is texting random Florida citizens to pay for felons to vote for Joe Biden in the upcoming election. Whoa, whoa, that's illegal, dude. Outkick says they obtained a screenshot Monday. Uh, well, let's pull it up and see what the screenshot is. Pulling up on Twitter, someone says, hi, this is blank with Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. We're teaming up with LeBron James to break down barriers to voting for people with felony convictions. Do you or uh, do you know anyone that needs their fines and fees paid off so they can vote? No. How did you get my number? Thank you for letting me know. If you do think of someone who needs to pay off their fines and fees so they can vote, direct them to and there's a link. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's illegal. What you need to understand about giving someone money for any reason in any way is that solicitation is still a crime. Let me explain. I remember when I was growing up and people would say, I got an idea. You can't legally sell booze. So we'll sell free cups or we'll sell cups with free booze. Here's what they would say. All the parties did this. They'd say something like a cup costs five dollars. There just so happens to be a keg that everyone is welcome to. That doesn't work. The, the prosecutors aren't stupid, okay? So what ends up happening is they say, we get it, dude. You're giving money to people for boo- or you're, you're, to buy booze, and this guy's selling booze. So what's going on now with paying off fines? It doesn't matter that they're not saying, I'll give you money to vote. They're saying, hey, you're a felon, so you can't vote, right? How about I pay your fine? So you can vote. That's giving someone money in exchange for a vote. That's, <laughs> that's literally what they're doing, dude. Man, LeBron James is off, off the rails. 
He should be paying for their overdue cable bills. It is not the players. The broadcasters involved appear to be auditioning for some new radical news network that no one will watch. A sports fan can't turn on an NBA broadcast without random pundits presenting subjective worldviews as indisputable facts. In the middle of a halftime show, Jalen Rose yelled, arrest the cops who murdered Brenna Taylor. Per Jalen Rose, he is more equipped to charge citizens than our legal system. Where does the NBA turn to save its ratings? Nowhere. It will take years to undo an identity that only welcomes those with the same extreme views based on everything but facts, which clearly isn't that many people. CC Mark Cuban. Ooh, spicy writing outkick. Who was this? Bobby, Bobby uh, Burek. I love the no holds barred spicy hot takes when taking down the ultra woke get woke go broke NBA. But of course, I said I had a little bit more for you. This is amazing. This next story. Check this out. From lead stories, I am no fan of because they've smeared me, but I'll give them this one. Fact check. Lakers players did not wear special lace collars to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They actually believed this. This is bad news for the NBA. I'm sorry. Take a look at this image. It's a picture of LeBron James. I don't know who the other guy is. And they're wearing lace like Ruth Bader Ginsburg does. It's the Babylon Bee, dude. NBA players wear special lace collars to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg from the Babylon Bee. NBA players are honoring the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg this week by wearing pretty lace collars, just like Notorious RBG used to wear, in a touching show of respect for the late Justice Ginsburg. And in solidarity with her progressive cause, LeBron James and the LA Lakers took to the court yesterday wearing a stunning variety of lace, blah, blah, blah. Why did people believe it? Why did lead stories... And many other outlets have to fact check this satirical website. I'm sorry, man. I know that we often like make fun of the fact checking sites for fact checking the Babylon Bee and the Onion sometimes, like Snopes does it. But this is not an indictment of fact checkers or journalists. I'm sorry, it's true. Victoria Evis, who wrote this, she had to. You know why? Because two reasons. People believed it. And the NBA has gone so over the top, it's actually plausible. I'm sorry, man. When I first saw this story, I just laughed. Like, come on, they did not wear lace. I didn't even bother engaging with it. But then you get many of these leftists who just believe it was true. Because, I don't know, man, they believe fake news and conspiracy theories and no one tells them not to. But when you look at how the NBA has gone woke, I'm sorry, man, it becomes plausible. It really does. Like, I'm not going to believe it. It's obviously, I mean, it's obviously fake. Here's the real image. They're wearing Black Lives Matter. It's not like that's much better. Okay. But that's amazing. It truly is amazing. The NBA has gone so uh, uh, woke that their ratings are in the trash pile. On record, the lowest ratings for the finals we've ever seen. Wow. And it's so absurd. People actually believe they would put on frilly lace while they played the game because of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I tell you what, man. These businesses are sacrificing everything for what? Why would you give up your standing? Let me, let me, let me, let me warn all of the NBA fans. If they stop, like let's, let's say the election ends and everything goes back to normal because you like basketball, you decide to watch. Don't let them do it to you, man. Don't let them take you for granted. I'm not a big NBA fan. I never really watched NBA games. I'm not a big fan. I'll tell you what. I'm not a big fan of action sports in the sense, and this is interesting, action sports typically refers to like mountain biking and stuff like skateboarding. No, 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 no. 
Action is like in basketball, you're constantly in play. Like they're just passing the ball, they're jumping. Football, for instance, is a strategic and tactical sport. I'm not a big football fan, but I like watching football better because it's strategic. They stop, they count, they make a move, they stop, they calculate. It's very much like a combination of field sports with strategy games. That's why I like it. I like strategy games. When it comes to skateboarding, skateboarding is more like a martial art. You're like, you're free to do your thing, you know, whatever. The NBA is very much so like you're actively engaged back and forth, more like soccer, but not too much like soccer. Soccer doesn't have enough scoring. It's kind of like, eh. but I've never been a big fan. So I'll tell you this. You don't got to take my advice. You don't got to take it from me. I'll tell you. There's going to come a point where the NBA starts to go back to normal because they're doing this now to help Joe Biden win because they hate Donald Trump. If you give them that power back, they'll just do it again. Don't put yourself in an abusive relationship. Tell them no. If you want to play these dirty games and take us for granted, we will not watch. So please, when they talk about having boycotts, you know, and, and satirical articles pop up and people believe it. Nah, you do your thing. Okay. By all means, the players say whatever you want. I'm not going to be involved in that. Colin Kaepernick. I got no problem with him kneeling. I don't care. All the players. I don't care if they kneel. I'm just not going to watch it. Here, here's what I told all these people when it came to like movies like Captain Marvel. I'm like, look, man, if they want to make their feminism, you know, kung fu fighting movie or whatever, I don't care. Do it with my blessing. Okay. I'm just not going to watch it because I don't find it entertaining. I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm just going to say, maybe we need our own NBA. Maybe we need to do a different sport because this is getting whack. Maybe that's the real solution to the culture war. When this collapses, the fans are going to be hungry for other content. Give it to them. Somebody start a new sport like like basketball or maybe just more basketball and just get rid of the woke garbage and, and say no politics. And that includes right wing politics, too. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in just a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure that there's no female Navy SEALs. I could be wrong, but operating under that assumption, because I had someone tell me no woman has ever completed Navy SEAL training. Okay. Operating under that assumption, they announced they were going to be getting rid of gendered language in the Navy SEALs. Why? I don't know, but uh, that's weird. Well, Donald Trump is pushing back. You see, Donald Trump, has banned critical race theory. And, and, and he's taken more moves uh, against the fringe racist and sexist ideology. And it's resulted in people losing contracts and losing money. And now the, the, the anti-woke liberal sect is cheering for this. And good for them. I find myself in a similar position. Check this out. Donald Trump says he will overturn ridiculous order, removing the words brotherhood and man from U.S. Navy SEAL ethos and replacing them with gender neutral terms. I can't. I got I got to read this one for you. Come on, man. The Navy SEALs, dude. Look, I know this is not something the left wants to hear, but men tend to have more muscle mass. Men tend to be taller. Men tend to have more collagen in their skin. Men tend to have denser bones. That's okay. There's a lot of reasons why men tend to be more physically fit for combat scenarios. Women can do combat too. But here's the issue. There's not that many Navy SEALs. We're talking the best, the best of the best, the best of the best of the best. There you go. That means that if you've got millions of dudes and millions of women, there's a bell curve. And if we only need a hundred or however many Navy SEALs there are, I don't know the actual number. I'm just saying, if you only, if you need a small amount, it's going to be all dudes. I'm not trying to be mean. You know, if women can pass the test, they can do it. But when we're talking combat, it's just the way it's going to be. 
Donald Trump said Thursday he will overturn the ridiculous order of removing the words brotherhood and man from the U.S. Navy SEAL ethos. In a tweet responding to the news, the president wrote, I will be overturning this ridiculous order immediately. Here, here. The Navy has removed gendered words from its official SEAL ethos, changing them to citizen and warrior. Alterations have also been made in the special warfare combatant crewman creed, American military news reported. One change in the first paragraph of the SEAL ethos now reads, I am that warrior. It had read, I am that man. I got, I got to be honest. I actually like warrior better, like to be completely like real. And other states, common citizens with uncommon desire to succeed. That, uh, that did say a common man with uncommon desire to succeed. I actually don't care too much about them changing the gendered language. I just think it's weird they would do it when the Navy SEALs are all dudes. You know what I mean? I actually do like warrior better than I am that man. Cause like, I feel like, there's a lot, a lot of people are man. You know what I mean? Like I'm a man. I am a man. I am not a Navy SEAL though. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not really a warrior, I guess, in the combat sense. But uh, you know, to, to be fair, I don't understand why it is we're coming to this point where very clearly gendered groups would change the gender out of the group. You know what I mean? Eh, whatever. Let's read. In the ethos, quote, the ability to control my emotions and my actions, regardless of circumstance, sets me apart from other men has been changed to the ability to control my emotions and my actions, regardless of circumstances, sets me apart from others. And that's really weird, right? And brave men has been amended to read brave seals. It's so dumb. (laughs) In the SWCC creed, brotherhood was switched to a group of maritime warriors. (laughs) In another sentence, brothers is changed to them. That's so dumb. Drain the Pentagon swamp. The move sparked fury from disgraced ex-seal Eddie Gallagher, who labeled it a joke. Gallagher was acquitted of murdering the ISIS prisoner following a high-profile trial, which saw Donald Trump wade into the, deba- into the debate. Navy Special Warfare spokesperson Lieutenant Commander Matthew Strope said, The previous versions of the SEAL ethos and SWCC creed were written prior to the law allowing women to serve as operators in, Navy- in naval special warfare. Stroop added, The changes do not in any way reflect lowering standards of entry. Rather, they ensure that all those who meet the requirements to train to become a SEAL or SWCC are represented in the ethos or creed they live out. Now, to be fair, I think you, it w- there will come a time when a woman does, you know, get in. And then it will be weird if she is like, I'm a man. It's like, well, no, you know, so so m- maybe that's maybe that's why they, they needed to consider it. I don't look, I'm not going to play some ultra traditionalist game where I'm like, never change the language. All language. No, hold on. I actually don't care. I, I really don't. I do think if the standard is set as such that you likely will never have, you know, co uh, co-ed, you know, mixed gender Navy SEALs, then maybe it's probably a little over the top. And I don't think it needs to be made into a big deal or anything. I, I, that's why I'm saying I don't understand why they would just outright change it. Maybe they should change it if slash when women actually get into the Navy SEALs, you know. Stroop added that it doesn't, you know, okay, right that part. Here we can see this. There's actually a bunch of changes to gender gendered language. This improves the posture of the NSW force by ensuring we draw from the greatest pool of talent available. In 2015, then Defense Secretary Ash Carter ordered the military to open all military jobs to women, including the most dangerous commando posts. Why would they do that, right? Look, I I understand the the general idea. Actually, you know what? No, I I get it. I get it. It's not even, it's not even, look, if we're dealing with war and we need as many able-bodied individuals as possible, then I think it's dumb to have an arbitrary rule keeping women out. 
If women can get in and they can pass the test, they should be allowed to do it. That's equal opportunity. There are concerns about how men and women behave on the battlefield around each other that maybe we should consider. That might be an issue. So look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on gender interactions or anything like that, but I will throw it to Jordan Peterson. In an interview with Vice, he talked about how it's only recently in the past generation that we've actually had men and women working together. And he said it's been a disaster. Now, what does, he, what does that mean? It's been a disaster. Well, I see his point. There's been a lot of sexual harassment lawsuits, like a lot. And women have complained that men don't treat them fairly. They don't get promotions. And that is a really good point. But I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Segregation that doesn't make sense. Telling women they can doesn't make sense either. We need equality under the law. And if we have equality under the law, then in the military, we should allow anyone able to actually pass the test to get in. I do think what we need to be careful of, however, is affirmative action. Because what worries me about this change is that we'll eventually get to the point where some feminist says something like, why aren't there any women? It's because you're sexist. Therefore, they'll be forced to admit some women, even though they don't pass. Then we're going to have really weak Navy SEALs. It's not about uh, women being weak. It's about lowering standards, which I have personally seen in, in, in you know, like the uh, fire department and policing jobs. It, these things have happened. We want to avoid that. So there ha- we have to make sure that if there is a change in standard, then we have to, uh, I'm sorry, a change in who's allowed to serve in, in certain roles, the standards are maintained. Now, I know several people who served in the army, and they've all told me the same thing. When it came to basic training, the women were pampered. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, so I know some people, uh, uh, I know a lot of people who went through basic, and they told me that the women would cry and then refuse, and they would say, yeah, 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 fine, whatever. I kid you not. Now, that could just be anecdotal for sure. But the guys were made to like do. Well, <laughs> there are biological reasons why I, I was told this is the case. When women are like crawling around in the mud all day, they could potentially get, you know, medical issues. And so they required access to, you know, more hygiene than the men were. I was told by a bunch of dudes that their 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 PTs would all be, you know, just covered in, in, in dirt and grime. And they said, you don't get to wash it. You got to wear it again tomorrow. So what? Wear the dirty clothes. Deal with it. Welcome to like real the real world. Whereas the women could complain and they had to allow it. I don't know if they had to, but they ended up doing it. Here's my concern. Assuming that's true. And I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that's what I was told by people I know who, uh, you know, served and went through basic training. Assuming that's true. You could end up with women who go through basic, whine and complain, and then at some point find themselves being allowed into very serious combat roles where they're ill prepared. Now, I'm not going to say that's a threat to anybody but themselves. If you enter combat, and you don't have the same training or capabilities as somebody else. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. We have to make sure the standards are maintained. Donald Trump says he's going to overturn this. Maybe it's the right move. Maybe it's not. I think it's fair to say there are circumstances where gendered language is absurd. I think it's also fair to say that there are circumstances where it's stupid that we have gendered language. I don't know if the Navy SEALs is one of those circumstances, though. Like, you know, uh, let's take a look at um, the NFL, NBA, MLB. You know, there's no rule banning women from major league sports. They just never make it in because men tend to be better at physical activities for a variety of reasons. Better in terms of the rules we've set, no doubt. There are certain scenarios where they say like women can do better, particularly with like where, you know, women have different center of gravity and things like that. And it's possible that at some point, like in the NFL, a woman can become a kicker because there have been women who have done really, really well. But even when you have like major league sports, women are allowed to play in, but they just can't get in. Then what's going to happen with the Navy SEALs? 
Does it make sense to change the language thinking at some point someone might do it? If, 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 if you can't get a woman to even, you know, compete against men in basketball, wouldn't that say something about, I don't know, failure of the training for the Navy SEALs if the standards are that much lower? We're talking about men who have to, I don't know, kill Osama bin Laden, right? We're talking about men who have to go and do some of the craziest and most intense combat jobs. And they're going to need tremendous physical strength and density and, um, I mean, I mean, discipline. And women can do a lot of those things, but can they compete with the top tier, best of the best men in combat? I'm going to go and say no, man. I'm going to throw to Joe Rogan when he said men have bigger joints, bigger hands, their striking power is stronger. While that doesn't mean every single man should be, that women themselves should be barred, it just means I have to say, I think the likelihood that a woman actually gets in is probably on par with the likelihood we see a woman in the NFL, which is almost none, unless they become a kicker. Equality under the law. Women should be allowed to serve if they can pass the test, but we cannot lower our standards. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thank you all so much for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.